Uh, I know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston Show. We are your friends. The biggest stories, bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? What is going on? Here's Chris with your host, Julian McKenzie. Part of the game. Lost in all of the celebrations that took place in Halifax last night with uh, Team Canada winning at the World Juniors. I thought, no one took you up on your one grand challenge, the Michigan challenge, as I call it. I know, I'm disappointed. Because when you put money on the board, it's already spent in your mind, right? That thousand bucks was gone. But uh, I mean, I guess they were right, because what what was the quote after the Boxing Day loss of the checks? We're not going to Michigan our way to a gold medal. Yeah, we're not going to skill our way to Michigan or whatever. Yeah, well, they didn't. They didn't. I think they skilled their way in a lot of ways. I mean, they have a pretty skillful team and one particularly skillful player. But yeah, no one no one took me up on it. It's funny. I actually was at uh, the morning skate in Toronto on Thursday, and I met a goaltender named Carter Froggett, uh, who's a draft pick of the Windsor Spitfires, a kid from London, Ontario, and his family. They were down, you know, just checking out the morning skate. And they had heard our episode, and they were they, they presented a pretty passionate anti-Michigan stance from a goalie standpoint. Oh, um, I'd love to hear this. Well, I just had, you know, look at, I think I played forward when I played hockey. And obviously I didn't get anywhere near the NHL or anything like that. I'm not comparing myself to the guys we talk about, but I sort of see the game that way, right? I mean, I, I was I was a bit of a goal scorer in the levels of hockey I played at. And so like, I think about goals and I really appreciate the best offensive players. And, and admittedly, if I have blind spots, I mean, I certainly don't know what it's like to be a goaltender. So yeah, they were just having fun with me, but they were mentioning that uh, the Michigan should be illegal and that it's, it's a difficult spot for goalies to be in and, and, and to be in all fairness to present the conference. We were just having fun about it, but uh, I know, but he's also very biased. Well, of course, but you know, I, I guess it is difficult to stop. I mean, really you just throw your face in front of the puck, uh, which is what the Czech goalie did against Connor Bedard in the very first game of the tournament. So I'm just letting you know that there is some small there. There are there are the goalie union is less in favor of the Michigan than the, the CJ show is. Right. I can imagine that. That being said, there was a part of me that really, really wanted Canada, maybe not as like a game winning goal, but as an exclamation point for some player to do the Michigan. And maybe that would have caused a little bit of a little bit of a kerfuffle with the checks, depending on how they see it. But that would have been an awesome way to end that tournament. Yeah, it would have been good. And I should actually mention the other thing about Carter. He was mentioning he's had two Michigan scored on him this year. Uh, I believe Biased. he's 16. No, but get this. I believe he's 16 years old um, playing out in London. And so this actually lends credence to my theory that that the younger kids are growing up doing this, practicing this. I think we're going to see still a Michigan explosion as as these guys work their way through the ranks and and the best of the best reach the NHL. I think I think we're going to just see more and more Michigan. So I'll take the money off the board for future Team Canada's, uh, but <laughs> but it was there for the 2023 team, and just no one wanted to claim it. The 2024 team, which uh, I forget who who wrote this. It might have been uh, Tony Ferrari or Stephen Ellis, one of those guys who are really into like junior prospects. I think they were saying that like they could have up to five players come back next year. But like two of them are like Adam Fantilli and, and Connor Bedard, or at least Connor Bedard is probably not going to come back. What a tournament for that kid. I, I actually wouldn't bet on Fantilli being back either. I mean, I, I know his tournament was more understated offensively, but 
I thought that he really filled his role well, especially as the games got bigger and, and they got into the medal round. And that, to my eyes, looked like, a, you know, so much will be situational, right? Who drafts him? What are the organization's priorities? You know, won't all just be, you know, contingent on his skill or ability. But I, I wouldn't be penciling him in yet uh, on the 2024 team either, just because, you know, it's pretty clear Connor Bedard will be in the NHL at this time next year. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if Adam Fantilli joined him. Just with Bedard, let's focus on him for a second. Like, I'm not going to lie to you and be like, oh, I was watching all of his junior games. But to watch him at the World Junior Tournament, and I get it, you can't base a player's development or a player's trajectory in the league off of how well they play at the World Juniors. But I get the hype, the release, the the game-breaking ability. Like, I I get it. Like, I, I firmly get it in my mind why he is as good as he is and he just looks like this special special talent and the fact that he could go down not go, could go down will go down or has already gone down as one of the greatest canadian players to play at that tournament just that's a really i think that's a nice way to characterize how his last few days have gone for him and for him to be the best player at that tournament i mean well deserved for him he just looks like a very special player Right. I mean, what we have is a snapshot in time, right? This was this was two weeks of competition in the middle of the draft year uh, in which he was playing against largely opponents and with teammates who've already been drafted who are older than him. And he was by far the best player on the ice we saw <clears throat> in the games in Halifax and Moncton. I think, you know, that that's the fact. I mean, it, it, I think it's hard to completely predict or project what he becomes beyond this because we're dealing with a human being and we don't have a crystal ball. Um, you know, but but you, what you also have to remember as you're judging this is that these are the biggest games he's ever played. I mean, I know he played in a pre, prior World Junior. You know, that one wasn't played under the same conditions. It was in the summer. Um, you know, I think that this tournament was was as pressure packed, probably of games as he's personally felt. And you just saw him rise to the occasion, score those big goals. You know, I think to that quarterfinal game against Slovakia where, you know, nothing's going for him. And then he does the move where he just goes through three guys like he's, he's like, my shot wasn't working, so I'll do it another way. Um, you know, seeing him w sort of want that greatness or, or rise to the moment, I think, is really a good tell for, for what's to come. And, and when you look at his past, it's the same thing. You might not remember this, Julian, but when he played his first game for the Regina Pats, um, you know, back during COVID, his, his grandfather actually died either the day before that game or the day of the game, he still wanted to play the game um, before flying home for the funeral back to Vancouver. And he scored both goals, including the overtime winner and a two, one win. And he was like 15 years old in the WHL. Uh, you can go back to the brick tournament, which is one of the big youth events, you know, scored big overtime winner there. There's the, I saw a great video going around Twitter, just showing the celebration back then. I mean, this is someone who's had a pattern of, of stepping up of, of sort of, you know, not shrinking in big moments. And then obviously the, the skill that that's evident in his play, you know, I think suggests that you have something special going on, not just in a world junior, but, but longer term. Um, and he just seems like the point I want to almost end this tournament on is, is like, this guy seems like the best of what hockey can be too. I mean, seeing his interview afterwards, I thought was, was really genuine of him. Like, I don't think he was just saying what he thought was the right thing. Like he was almost passionate in saying, we're not talking about me. We're talking about this team in 20 years. You know, we're, we're not going to look back on the stats. We're going to look back on the gold medal. I, I think, you know, just seeing, you know, TSN did a lovely feature. I don't know if you saw it in the pregame on, on his upbringing, you know, mm -hmm. it's, he's 
the son of a lumberjack, literally his dad works in the logging industry, just seemed like a very well-grounded family, well-grounded kid who, you know, he just loves the game. And I know that there's a little bit of cliche in that, but I, I actually, that's, that's the overwhelming feeling you get. Like there was no point, you know, and I'm watching the tournament from afar. I'm not interacting with him directly in those moments, but it, you just didn't get the sense um, he was too high on himself or full of himself or being selfish. Even it sounds crazy because at one point he'd scored 60, been in on 65% of the goals Canada scored, but it wasn't out of selfishness. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think he's a special person and player and for sure, <laughs> there's a lot of NHL teams that are leaving Halifax, whether it's their scouts or, or GMs or whoever were down there, just thinking about how nice it would be to see him pull on their sweater uh, come June. And yeah, that's the thing. Like, it, it really only really hit me this week that in six months' time, we will be in Nashville watching him get drafted. Yeah. I mean, and, and in whatever, eight, nine months' time, we're going to be watching his NHL debut. I mean, like, I think he could play in the NHL right now. It's just my view. And I know he doesn't have, he's not a tall guy. I mean, I, I saw some of the, the reporters posting he was standing on a, on a crate to do <laughs> to do the scrums in in the mix zone as they call it at the World Juniors. So we got another short king. You know he fits in with our podcast. Yeah, well. he does. Um, but you know, look, we've seen all kinds of players that that don't have massive size. You know, light up the league. Whether it's Mitch Marner, Matthew Barzell, you know, Johnny Goodrow. We could go down the list. There's there's, there's um, we've seen Cole Caulfield, another one I mentioned. I know he's built uh, strong on the bottom end. Very very strong young man. But like, I, I don't think you need maybe that physical development that always has been there. It'll help over time, but you know, I think he'd be, I think he'd be scoring goals if we dropped him in an NHL game tonight. I really do. Um, and so there should be a lot, the, the, the hype train has left the station. I think, I mean, it was, it was all there for everyone to see. Um, like he's been lighting up the WHL, but it's just different to do it on this stage. And, you know, I really thought we, we spoke at the start of the tournament, Julian, about, you know, are people going to get into this event, this or that? I mean, I, that was as good a world juniors as I can remember. Um, it was great to have more countries in the mix, like having Slovakia and Czechia um, be so competitive. Um, you know, Finland goes out in the quarters, but they would, they, they, they could have beat Sweden in that quarterfinal game. Like there, there was, there was more teams that were legit in the mix to win it. I, frankly, the U S easily could have beat Canada in that semifinal. I know the game ends up six, two, but they had so many chances uh, Thomas Millich, the Canadian goaltender, was just outstanding in that game. And then, you know, Canada was opportunistic and getting some goals. But, you know, it felt like a real jump ball, that tournament. And it was exciting. We had an 8-7 bronze medal game yesterday. I mean, insane. I, plus what Bedard did, like, I I loved, I, I, I was glued to, to this tournament, just the way it turned out. And, you know, especially once it got going and I've just been home, been able to watch the games. It was, it was a really a great showcase for the sport. Yeah, for me, like at, at the beginning, I wasn't paying attention as much because I was still kind of in the holiday break. And then when Bedard started racking up all those points, I think that's when my interest started to ramp up a little bit more. And then getting towards the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and then the final, you know, it, it became like it's the Bedard show for me. And then, okay, Canada, what are they going to do at this tournament? Yeah, I think around when we got to the knockout phase of the tournament, it got really good for me and really exciting. And the fact that it went to overtime against Czechia, the fact that you have the the way the tournament's kind of bookended where they start with the loss to Czechia and then you go to overtime to beat them. Like, 
Again, the only other thing you're missing is Canada winning with a Michigan or, or scoring a Michigan in that game. But I, I I will say this, just just looking at the tournament, high drama, high quality games, some upsets too at the beginning as well. Like it was it was a really solid tournament. I agree with you. Yeah, well, even check you getting to the final. I mean, most people would have had Sweden winning in the semifinal against them, right? It's because at this level, it's it's really been Canada, U.S., Sweden as the top countries pretty consistently, um, you know, for for a number of years now. And and there's there's obviously other. I mean, look, we're seeing so many Slovaks. Like Slovakia didn't even have Uri Slavkovsky who stayed with Montreal. I mean, but we're seeing Slovaks and Czechs being drafted near the top of the draft again. And there, there was a real long window there where that that wasn't happening with much regularity. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it bodes really the big picture. Again, this is a snapshot in time, but it tells us good things about hockey. I mean, you want more countries producing more high, high caliber players. I mean, that's how the sport, you know, grows and thrives and, and continues to exist. And, and so, yeah, I, I come away from that event just, and I would say this, it's not because I'm Canadian. I mean, if the checks had a one, I would feel the same way that that was just, a great spectacle of of the sport and single elimination hockey is just it's nuts right like one bounce either way one post like it's it's crazy um it's so hard to win it's just so hard to win those tournaments and that's why the canadian kids are on the ice for like an hour after the game still signing autographs they didn't want it to end absolutely well deserved uh for that team uh to win uh the world juniors their fifth their second gold medal in five months they won in august yes yes and thankfully i hold on to my thousand bucks so i'll put that <laughs> all right let's bring in dp for uh you can bet that you can bet that with david bastel brought to you by sports interaction get in the action and make a play 19 plus please play responsibly welcome to you can bet that with david bastel good to see you dp hi guys how you doing sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn for all of your gaming needs we have to talk about steven stamkos and the fact that he is two away goals he's two goals away i should say from milestone goal number 500 and uh, sports interaction uh they're trying to get on top of this we're trying to figure out when is he's gonna when is he gonna score that career goal yeah that's it uh bang on it's it's our hottest prop right now just because there's so many steven stamkos fans out there uh, you know, the guy's a walking Hall of Famer, multi-time Rocket Richard winner, Stanley Cup winner. He's basically done it all kind of thing, and he continues to do it all. And now it's magical 500. So this is a little bit different for me, CJ, than the Ovechkin 800 that we all talked about as a group a couple of weeks back, whenever that was, because Ovechkin was rolling uh, at that time. And, and he, of course, he, he nailed it right away. But Stammer's kind of been cold by his standards. One goal since December the 14th, but... I'll present to you my case, and I usually, you guys know me, I don't bet against the Winnipeg Jets, but <laughs> but Friday, uh, tonight, no uh, it's it's Stammer against the Jets. He has 30 career goals against the Jets slash uh, Thrasher's organization. He has a habit of playing very well against this team. I've seen it far too many times. He's two <laughs> goals away. I, 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 hey, I want a Jets 3-2 win and Stamkos could get his two goals. I don't. I, that's okay, but it's paying an even nine. And it's those are pretty good odds for him to pot one and maybe something less meaningless in the third period when the Jets are up by a couple. 
Oh what do you think? God. Are you I remember me? when Steven Stamkos went into Winnipeg on the last day of the season with 58 goals and scored two to hit 60. Uh-huh. Uh, that, that was probably one of her, his finest individual regular season moments. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of symmetry that's at play here. And at nine, look, that's that seems pretty good considering the fact yep. that the Blue Jackets are at 6.42. Then the Canucks after that are at six. The Blues at 5.51. That seems pretty Nine is pretty good. Yeah. See, the odds right now, according to how they base them at Sports Interaction, the target date is Monday, January 16th against the Kraken. It's the lowest odds. So our odds makers and their magical ways have said, okay, here's the schedule of the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's the destination game just based on the previous four games before. So what they're telling us is Stamkos will score one goal here in the next four games. And then the Kraken game will be number 500. I'm going to go against that and say, I'll take your nine. I'll see the two goals tonight. And yeah, he hits 500. It's, you know, it's hard not to cheer for the guy. He's, he's, he's been Mr. Everything. And, um, and you know what? Uh, 500 is uh, just another milestone because it's going to be more. It's just sacrilege to see you have the Jets doing anything that's negative here. So I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I still called the Jets 3-2 win, though, right? I mean, it's, yeah, you did. You did. You did. You did. Uh, you still made a compelling case, though, Thank DB. You. Thank, Thank you, you so much for kicking it with us. Don't forget to check out sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all the best odds before game, in-game, and the best props. Sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Thanks, fellas. As the uh, gold medal game was going on uh, for the World Juniors, the uh, list of all-star representatives was being released for each division. Um, I don't know if I need to go through every single player who is listed for each division, uh, but some stars, but also some notable omissions. like to know your thoughts on uh, how the NHL all-star game right now seems to look roster-wise. Well, it's almost like they were like building a team that would be salary cap compliant or something. Like it's like <laughs> we need a few grinders in there just to offset the stars. Um, you know, I'm not going to take aim at any particular players because I don't think that's fair. They didn't ask necessarily to be added to the team. That's how it happened. But I, I really think that this this process remains flawed. And th- this isn't they've changed how it's done this year, but th- this the net outcome is the same. We don't have enough stars going to the all-star game. And, you know, what has changed in my view, actually, in recent years is the young stars of the league, by and large, want to go. Like the previous generation, it was hard to get Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin there. Ovechkin, I believe, has had multiple suspensions for sort of skipping, quote-unquote, the all-star game. Um, You know, Crosby has only played in two, I want to say. He's been named a number of times. I mean, sometimes it has been legitimately because of injury issues. But, I mean... The last generation was a little more reluctant. I think that the current guys really want to go. But by having every one of 32 teams, I mean, we got three teams, in my view, openly not wanting to win this year. There's another five after that that probably don't really want to win many games this year. I mean, it's just, it feels like an old model of thinking that every team needs someone there. It's almost like, Rooted in the days where it's like, okay, there's like newspaper reporters from every town and they're not going to come cover our event or something. Fans from those events, fans from these towns don't know these other players because they're only paying attention to their own team and they're not going to watch if they don't have something to watch. But 
I mean, I think in today's day and age, everything kind of goes viral. If you're a hockey fan, you know of the players everywhere in the league, really far more, even, you know, when I was younger, it was just harder to see highlights and all that stuff. And so with this process, we now have in a game missing some of the all-stars and I know, okay, you're going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fans get the vote, two more players and a goalie in. Well, some divisions have far more than two omissions in in my opinion. And, and look, we all know what happens here. There will, there will be some players legitimately injured who have to miss this game between now and, and the start of February. I mean, that's just how it goes. And so maybe there's a way that everyone gets there eventually, but I find it quite odd that on the night you're announcing your all-stars, you don't have Leon Dreisaitl as an all-star second leading score in the league, you know, one, a lot of individual hardware in the past, very well-known player. You know, you don't have David Pasternak, probably one of the best personalities the game has, an absolute rock star uh, on the best team in the league to this point, the Boston Bruins, uh, one of the top scorers. You don't have Miko Rantanen, um, you know, who's, look, it's, it's I guess you, you say, well, Kale McCarr, we, know, we all know what he did last year. But, you know, Miko Rantanen's probably kept the avalanche afloat during this this season. I, I think there's there should be room for for both him and Kale McCarr. You know, you don't have Austin Matthews, uh, who's been to an all-star every year, obviously one of the big personalities, coming off a Hart Trophy win. You know, maybe not having as, do- certainly not having as dominant of season, but still in the top 15 scorers in the league as you're naming these teams. You know, I feel like you can go down the list and there's just a lot of star power um, that we're now leaving to chance. Because let's even take the example of the Atlantic Division, right? If you don't have... so. Pasternak and Matthews are two guys I highlight. I mean, I think there's a case for William Nylander. There's not room for all three of those guys to be voted in. And, and we could probably go through the rosters of other teams. Cole Caulfield, uh, you know, he wasn't named. I'm surprised. I, I, I'm surprised Nick Suzuki was named over him. Me too, a little bit. And, and like, I don't want to go in on Nick Suzuki here. Like, again, he hasn't done anything wrong. Yeah, He's heck of a player. Absolutely. It's just, it just feels to me like there's something missing in this process. Like, I, I think we should, I think we should be promoting the star part of all-star than like the all part, like all teams, all people like let's focus. Like, I just think the NBA, the other sports would never have this situation. Like it just, you would not have players like Pasternak and Matthews and Dreisaitl not like leaving it to the fan vote. I, I mean, maybe I guess they're so popular and they're so prominent that the fans will put them in, but it, it just, it just feels strange. And, and, I'm not criticizing the players from those teams that got put on. It's just their teams like Mitch Marner does have a place there. I'm not, that's not the argument. The argument is there should be room for multiple players from multiple teams. And it should just be all the, the, the players that I think drive the most interest in the league. Like we should go to sweater sales. Do you, I don't have that, but like the Jersey sales every year that that'll tell the story. Cause I know Matthews for sure. was in the top five. Someone put it out around new year's. Like, like I bet if if you find a list of top swelling jerseys, like how many guys in the top ten or fifteen are not among the initial all stars? Like that. Like this it is, is kind of it's pure entertainment, it. man. Like that's the thing. Like the, we all know the game doesn't matter. I've been to like ten all star games. I couldn't tell you who won one of them. Seriously, like I don't. I have no idea. I remember I told the story. Like I remember in Columbus, a lot of goals were scored because the cannon went off for both teams, and it was insane. Um. But I, I don't remember much, but I, it's it's a spectacle. It's fun. I think the, I think the skills competition has a little bit more going for it. Kind of see the players in that that realm. Um, anyway, 
I felt like that was a bit of a rant that I didn't know it was coming, but like, it's, I just... it's, it's a good rant. It's a great rant. I think you make some, some great points. There were some counterpoints I wanted to make, but I also think sure. like, like I'm not crazy about the format with the fact that one player from each team has to be there. No disrespect to Seth Jones, but like, does Seth Jones need to be there? Does, do, do we need to see, uh, who, who's another good, I mean, yeah, maybe you want Cole Coffey or Nick Suzuki there. Brock Nelson. I mean, he's having, probably having a good year in New York. I should let me not. A good year, but- he is having a good year. Fine. Okay. I'm not necessarily finding the best example of some player on this roster who shouldn't be there is only really there because of, of his team. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm all for, I'm all for like, you know, you see the list of players and it's like, okay, there's two, three guys from the same team. You have Dreisaitl and you have McDavid there. You have, you have Ranton and you have Makar there. You have Suzuki, you have Caulfield there. I'm even surprised. I mean, Nazem Kadri's having a really good year in, 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 in Calgary, but I thought like maybe like him and like Rasmus Anderson maybe have a chance in Calgary and maybe there's, a, there's an argument there. But like, yeah, like I don't see any problem with the idea that like you can have more than one guy just named initially, and then you let the fans kind of decide it. Also, I want a draft back. I want, I want, I want the, yes. I, I want the two best players. I want Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon to do a live TV special, probably on TNT. They could probably do it that way, and they pick among the best players. I'm also not crazy about the division format. Like I just like it's one thing to have one guy from every team. But to have it division versus division, like okay, like I, I don't, I don't really care about that. There's, right. there's a lot about the format I don't really like. They had it right with the draft. It's, I mean, I know that it was so player, good. The players got drunk and said too much, and then the, the fun police killed it. But like, it, it was fun. I was really, I, I really liked it. it and it gave storylines and it gave something to talk about. And, and the other thing I'll say, so I remember, I think the 2017, it was an All Star game in Los Angeles, which I think is 2017 in my brain. Um, it was before Nathan McKinnon had really popped as, yeah. as the superstar he is today. And the avalanche were in the middle of, of a 48 point season. And he literally came to all-star game media day. I was in the scrum. I've never seen this. And he's like, I bet you're surprised to see an av here. And he just went in on how he's like, he was embarrassed to be there. Like he felt like their team was so bad and that his performance you know, didn't warrant being there. And like, I, I wonder as much as it's an honor for some players. And obviously there's, there's some guys on this list. This will be their one and only chance to do this. It's a great weekend. They can bring their families down to South Florida. Like, like, you know, I I know that there's a nice side to this when you have some of the players that aren't necessarily the stars, the true stars of the league. But, you know, I think that the guys get it too. Like, I don't know. There's just there's probably certain people on this list that if they were left off and they saw, oh, Leon Dreisaitl was picked. That that well, that makes sense. Or like Austin Matthews was picked, David Pasternak, Miko Ranton. Like I I just feel that I, I'd like to blow it all up. Honestly, I, I see no mm. compelling reason. I think that I actually think to the NHL hockey ops, like they're trying to do the best they can under the parameters they can. The minute you tell them, like if the original rule is you have to have 32 teams represented you're already screwed. Like the math already doesn't work unless you're going to bring like twice the roster size they do. And then, then there's a hundred all-stars and that doesn't make sense either. I mean, if one, if one out of every eight guys in the league is an all-star, well then it's not really a star anyway, but like, like, I don't, I don't think the league's trying to screw it up. I think they're almost, they're stuck in doing it the way it's been done. I, I think a total, a total rethink is in order for how they do it, how they approach it. Um, you know, I'd like to see more stars of the past be part of it. 
Like the cool thing with the NBA's all-star weekend is like current players that aren't all-stars, like want to go and hang out and go to the parties. And like, I, I, I think the NHL could create something similar. I don't think they're that far off, honestly. I mean, at least, you know, if they've taken the all-star game last year to Vegas, having it in, in Fort Lauderdale this year, they're going to have like a beach party. Like, like, I, I think that they, they have the right idea. And, and I do think the best players, young players want to be there. Like, I really believe you're not going to see no show suspensions from guys under 25 who are stars in this league. Um, the way we did 10 years ago with the stars of the league, it's like something has shifted there. I think in a social media world, like these guys really want to show their personality and, and have fun at a weekend like this. Um, I just, it's, but they got to start again. They got, they got to, they can't like this, this format is just, it's perplexing. Okay. So, so we both agree that, the all-star draft should come back what else Let, let's let's imagine the nhl called us both and said okay you guys don't like how this is being done you two do something about it what are we doing how are we saving the all-star game okay immediately eliminating so how many players are going to go into this they have so they did 32 so one player for each team and then you're adding what three players per division is that is that it I'm just saying, so right now they added 32 players and they're going to add 12 more, right? right? Right. That's how the math works. So it's three times four is 12. So it's 44 players, basically. And and it's two goalies per division, right? So you got eight goalies going. Yeah. So you're at 36 skaters is, is what they, they have. Like, first of all, I think you can take fewer goalies, right? Like having do and this it's this isn't crapping on the goalies, but it's more like do you really need eight goaltenders at the All-Star game? Like I feel like let's face it, you you want people to be scored on at the All-Star game. Like like nobody is watching to see a 2-1 All-Star game. No. Um so I think I think first of all, you just do away with the divisions entirely. You do away with the team representation and I'm fine if they brought 20, like 40 skaters, like 20 aside and four goaltenders, two aside. Yes. Four is the number I'm thinking of, too. Now, I think the problem is historically goalies haven't even wanted to play half a game. And so you in the old days when it was like East versus West, they would have six goalies because you'd basically have one goalie per period. I would allow that would be my concession here if the goalies were like, OK, we're only playing one period each. I would allow to get the six goalies. But let's bring 40 skaters. So first of all, you're adding more players, which I know sounds sort of counterintuitive. And I'm just picking the best 40 players in the league, the stars, the people that drive interest. I don't care if there's like 28 of them happen to play in the Western Conference one year and it's 12 from the East or whatever. I'm sure it wouldn't be that imbalanced, but you got, you understand the point here is I don't I don't care where these guys play. They play in the NHL. That's all. That's my only criteria. You play in the NHL and you're a star. And then you do the draft. And I don't think it has to be that much more complicated than that. I really don't. And and to me, it does, it would, it would be great if it's say McDavid and McKinnon picking the teams, but I don't even think it has to be like if McDavid doesn't want to do that, which let Trevor Zegers do it. That's what I mean. I'm fine if it's like Tage Thompson and Trevor Zegers. Like I still think that's fun. I think those guys would have fun with it. Um, like I don't think it has to. You know, team team Zegers doesn't. You know, it's not saying Zegers is the best player in the league. Like, but like, he's think, definitely one of the the cooler personalities, and that's why I said Trevor Zegers. Tage Thompson's still coming up into his own, and I know you're just using him as an example. Yeah. But like, if McDavid doesn't want to do it, like 
well, you might, it might even be, yeah, it might even be legitimately more entertaining if you have Jack Hughes and Trevor Zegers, who legitimately are like could be faces of the generation after McDavid to do this. Like that, that, that could work. Yes. Like, I think that's all you need, though. Like, that isn't really this isn't even a radical idea. It's it's really no. just get rid of this tie to the divisions, this tie, you know, like. And then I would play a game again. Like, I know they went to the three on three tournament and put a million bucks on the line and all that. Um, I, I would just play a game again. I mean, maybe have put some tweaks in it or something if you want. But like that's why there's fewer players, right? Because it's three on three, so you you don't need to, as long a bench essentially. Um, yeah, that's what I do. I I think that that's good enough. Like I think that would be compelling. It'd be cool if you could really make it matter. Like I don't know if a million bucks moves the needle for these guys. It'd be cool if you could really make it matter. Then somehow, that's my next question. How do you view the All Star Game in terms of prestige and? Maybe it's not the best word to use, but seriousness. Like when you look through a player's credentials at the end of their career, are you going to say that they're like a 10 time all star? Are you just thinking like eh, people get voted to these things anyway? You don't think of it that much. I think that there's like small P prestige to it. Like, I, I think it matters. Like if, if it says a guy has been voted to 10 all star teams, that, that tells you you had a pretty damn good career. Like you don't even have to look at the rest of the stats. Um but it's not the most important thing, obviously. And yeah, but I, I, I think it still matters. Obviously, the seriousness of the event is not high. And, you know, what it is, quite honestly, Julian, it's, it's an event for the NHL and their business partners. Yeah. Like most of the league's biggest business partners, if not all, come down and have a good time and go to the game. And it's, you know, the game is kind of a sideline event to it, but it's, it's a big party. It's a chance to, you know, network. It's like, it's sort of like a hockey conference, you know, not unlike in some ways the draft and some other big events. Like it still has a function for the business of the league. I think the challenge that they've run into over a number of years is trying to figure out how it still matters for those within the league that kind of put on this conference. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it still matters and you could make it matter more if you just had the truest all-stars named every year. Um, I know it's a shocking idea, but. Well, when you mean matter more, do you mean in terms of player incentive, individual? Would you would you want to keep it there or would you be more open to something like, oh, I don't know, uh, the winner of. Well, then again, if you don't do it by conference, it wouldn't work this way. But like there was a time and like in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I didn't winner, like that. I I unpopular decision. I like the idea that they made it matter in that way. And until they found oh, a better man. idea, I was okay with it. I didn't like the idea you could have a team in baseball. And for those that maybe aren't familiar, at one point, baseball's all-star game determined who had which which uh, league had home field advantage for the World Series. I didn't like the idea you could have like a 110-win team in the World Series and an 89-win team in the World Series against each other. And the 89-win team might have home field advantage because their league won the all-star game like that, that felt that didn't feel fair. Like if you're going to have a long regular season, which baseball is the longest, but the NHL is a long one. I think, I think it's got to matter. It's got to have some incentive for a little easier playoff path or a little bit more playoff benefit. Um, then I baseball, think if you're going to do it that way, if you're going to, cause if you're going to do it with just two teams and the players pick, like 
you you're basically limiting yourself to having it matter from a it, like you're like you say like okay you win it for a million dollars and everyone splits the pot like that's as far as you're getting yeah it'd be unless nice that's what you want i mean this is easy it's not my money and we're just sitting here pie in the sky and it on a friday morning but like it'd be nice if the maybe if the money could go up like i don't know what amount of dollars would get these guys attention but there is a number i mean everybody's got a number everyone has their price it doesn't feel like the million dollars has added much juice in my experience to the three on three, uh, the tournament style. Like, I, I mean, look, it, it, that would be a lot of money for you and I, the, yes. the, the split, the yes, split of that, but it doesn't seem like, I, what is it about a hundred grand a player, a little less 90 grand a player, I think. Um, but you know, for most of these guys, cause we're talking about the stars, we're talking about the guys with the heavy contracts by and large. I know there's a few rookies there, Maddie Benier shouting you out, but um, you know, I think in general, it's, it's just not enough money to make them want to play harder or care, or pretend that it matters. So it, it, like, what if there was some venture capitalist who was just like, I have $10 million to burn, do something with it. Yeah, well, if you're giving each player potentially a million bucks, well, that yeah, that would. So yeah, I we mean, just even, have to find we just have to find made, some VC guy to do it. Even when you've made fifty million, the idea of adding one million for one day's worth of work it's still pretty appealing, <laughs> right? Because like, like that's still the you had to work pretty damn hard for the first fifty when they're just handing you one for one day's worth of work. Like that's not so bad. That's true. That being said, though, I still think we have. Uh, a better all-star format than what is being presented to us right now. And after all this, after all this, we're going to watch the all-star weekend or some people will, some people won't. And we will find so many other things to complain about. I'm tired of the all-star, the NHL. I'm tired of the NHL all-star game being this weekend where it's like, man, the league should be so much better, but it just isn't. Because that's literally what it's become over the last few years. It's like, why is this wrong? Why is this being done this way? Why aren't these people here? Why is this insert musical act here performing at the All-Star Game? It like You're right. It's like a whole like business conference thing. Like, there's like a financial aspect. But I also think it becomes a breeding ground for complaining. Well, it it's does. funny, though. I went to the All-Star Game in Vegas last year, and it was a hell of a lot of fun. And I, it's, and I'm not, I'm not like doing a wink, wink. Like I was in the nightclubs. It was just more, it was a fun event. That was actually the first event um, in the COVID world where we could speak face to face to players. Again, those reporters based in Canada, I think our U S colleagues had had the chance, but I remember they did like a media day and all of a sudden there's like 25 really notable players in a room. It's like, you can just go talk to them face to face. It's like, Holy crap. This is a world I forgot existed. Like it was, and you know, Trevor Zegers put on a show in the, in the breakaway challenge like I got thought robbed. he did get robbed, but I still, I thought that on the ground, it was a lot of fun, but I get it. It's easy to, it's easy to hate. I mean, maybe we're picking the low hanging fruit here by even kicking at the all-star game, but I, I'm actually bothered because I know in talking to people around the league, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that, that don't like this. <laughs> like there's a lot of people that want to see more stars there. So I, I think just fundamentally, it's not, they're not meeting their own objective and I'm open to even other ideas. I, I think the draft was such a home run. Like it's just, it's amazing to me. It never came back in some form. Um, like how much fun would that be with two outspoken guys? Like it would be great. I don't, I don't get why they would go away from that. Let Steve Dangle moderate it or something. Anyone, anyone. 
let us do it. Well, I'll do it. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm the target audience, but yeah, let's, I like. I'll do. I'd, I'd love to do that. I'd love to be like, okay, like, how am I going to get these two guys to, I don't know, say something funny for like two hours, or yeah. not two hours? It would be much yeah. less for a show. Would Dangle go on stage in like his Leafs jersey or what? He'd probably wear like an SDPN jersey. I don't think he could get away wearing a Leafs jersey. I just was thinking the players would be giving it back to him if he went up there with his Leafs jersey. Oh, they absolutely would. And we get a huge kick out of that. But I guess out of interest of like, you know, I mean, then again, you know, it's funny. I was about to say like, oh, out of interest of 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 Steve Dangle not appearing, you know, partial to one team when we all know what he is known for, period. So there goes that. Don't come into his kitchen. Don't come into his kitchen and tell him how to make the pizza. Did you see that? Okay. Can we talk? Okay. Before we get to stick taps, can we talk about that LFR? Which yeah, you're I referencing? I holy, it. holy crap. Like that man, that man is fed up. <laughs> I know. I mean, here's how I look at it. Yeah. It's pretty hard to love some, like to be, to give something 16 years of your life where it's been like his, I mean, he's done it video after every Leafs game and this is in his 16th season of it. Man, that's more than a thousand hours. Yeah, that's like, I can see why you go a little crazy. I mean, first of all, how creative is he that he's found a way to do that, found something to say, found a way to be interesting, found a way to build and keep an audience. I mean, I'm not just saying that because we work with him and he's a friend of mine. Like, it's actually seriously impressive, but it it does, when you when you think about like, where were you 16 years ago and what did you love at that time? And what do you still love? Like, there'd be very little, like very few things that you'd still be into. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Like, or, or maybe there's some things like you were into hockey 16 years ago and you are again, but there was a period in there where you were less into it. You know what I mean? Like you would have wavered a little bit more. Um, like I think back when I was a kid, like I loved He-Man and peanut butter sandwiches and like, you know, I haven't had chunky or smooth. I was a smooth guy as a kid. Okay, smooth. Yeah. Also, He-Man. Wow. That is a superhero name I have not heard in a very long time. I'm just saying, I'm still, you know, that didn't last 16 years. That that love affair with He-Man. Steve's showing a lot of commitment. Have I ever told you, by the way, I just thought of this. Have I ever told you my baseball all-star game story? No. This is a real story, and I think it's safe to tell now because Children's Aid probably won't intervene. But when I was a kid, the baseball all-star game came to Toronto. Yes. And uh, it was when Sky, it was Sky Dome at the time was brand new. And it's still Sky Dome to me. There you go. And it was obviously a big deal. And I was a huge fan. uh, But, you know, we didn't have an ability as a family to buy those tickets or probably not even know how to get them. It was pre-internet. I don't even know how you would have got them. But anyway. But they did they did this thing called the Fan Fest at the Toronto Convention Center. And so my dad brought me up to the Fan Fest on the day of the game. We watched the home run derby the night before. And then we came into Toronto, which was always just a big deal growing up in a small town just to come into the city. Um, Like that was part of like that was like that was half of the excitement. Right. And then so we go to the Fan Fest and they, they have like all these displays. Like, I'm sure it's just a huge thing now. My memory of it was it was quite small. And I think it might have been the first one they did. And there's actually draws to enter for tickets that night. And they were doing a draw every hour. So we entered the first hour. And like, I think there was like 10 people in in the hat or whatever. I'm like, oh, we're going to win for sure. Pull out the name, you know, Julia McKenzie, (laughs) not, not, not Chris or Ian Johnston. Um, 
So anyway, we're going on the day. This is going to get somewhere, I promise. And we're looking at this this thing of Cooperstown, which is where the Baseball Hall of Fame was. And my family had taken a, a trip there that summer or the previous summer. And so we were just kind of reliving our time there. There's a huge sort of big display. And a guy gets talking to my dad who's in town and he's in town from L.A., an older guy. And, and they're just talking, you know, about Cooperstown or what have you, baseball. And then at the end of their conversation, the guy goes, hey, maybe I'll see you at the game tonight. My dad's like, oh, no, we won't be there or whatever. Um, and the guy's like, oh, what? And he's like, well, I, I've got an extra ticket. Do you mind if I, you know, I, I could give it to your son if you want. And and I was like nine <laughs> years old. I was like nine years old. And this is the pre-cell phone era. No way. Um, and the guy actually handed the ticket over to my dad. Like, it, it, think about it in that moment. Like, theoretically, we could just take the ticket, sell it, do whatever. Yeah. Um, and my dad let me go to the game. So You're I some like random stranger. Well, I didn't. Yeah. Like I walked in on my own. Um, what? <laughs> and, and like, but I was, you know, I was such, I was a pretty serious kid and like, I'd been to games and like, I, you know, I knew how to, I could find my section and all that stuff. Like I took that really seriously. And but I sat beside a stranger for the whole game and it was awesome. Like I got a, like at that That's time, why like, you said children's aid. Yeah. Because if I told that story anytime <laughs> in the last like 15 years, It'd be putting my dad in cuffs, I think. Like, what are you doing? Are you unfit to parent? Give it away, your son. <laughs> Sorry, the whole time you said, like, that's children's aid. I was pissing myself the whole time. <laughs> that's a hundred percent real story, though. And I got to go, I got to go to the all-star game uh with a stranger. And I actually like I was pen pals with the guy for years after, not years, but oh, a couple years anyway. He was a nice. Nice guy. He just wanted to like do something nice with his extra ticket. <laughs> you don't know what to say. What's anyway. the last time you talked to him? Well, I, this All-Star game was in 1991, so it's it's been a few years. <laughs> I hope he's still with us. I, I'm not sure if he's still walking among us. And I'm not even being, you know, 30 no. years ago. But Jesus. Uh, um Oof. yeah, that's a and then we like we made a huge display cabinet of everything from that that was like hung in my basement, basically, like of the program and the ticket and the pictures. Like it was it was pretty memorable, awesome experience in my youth. And I just think like now, like that was pre cell phone, man. So like yeah. my dad had to be like, meet me, whatever. At I'm not sure what our meeting place was, but he had to pick a spot and like meet me here when the game's over and just hope that his nine year old would go to the game, watch it and then find his way back to that meeting spot. Yo, <laughs> I can't, I can't fathom that working out in 2023. No nah, way. No way. Be- no way. And in 2023, way. You, you could put an air tag on your kid. Like you could see you where could. he is. My, my, my point is like in 2023, you could at least actually track and know where your kid is at all times. Obviously he could have a cell phone or she could have a cell phone, but like in, in 1991, you were just like trusting the universe was going to look after your son basically. Yo, look, I'm just glad. I'm just glad nothing bad happened to you. Okay. I'm just glad nothing bad happened. I mean, there's a lot of good in people too. I think it, we should. Yes, that too. Like that's, yes. that's part of the story that the story isn't just that my dad was <laughs> neglecting his parental duties. It was the story is that there's a generosity of a stranger. You know, the, it, there's definitely a time where like most people aren't looking to do something wrong. And it was really one of the great moments of my childhood. So, I mean, 
it's uh it's it's a good news story but when you tell it in today's looking through today's lens <laughs> uh Cobra pop uh, i love you man okay uh let's get imagine my dad pass. didn't let me go let's play the alternate oh my god <laughs> imagine he's like that looks like a nice ticket but no i'm not gonna let my son go and and like imagine that trip back to Coburg. that would have been a long he, one i was about to say like if would you have become as big of a baseball fan if that trip didn't happen? Yeah, I'm sure I would have, but I maybe maybe I would have slightly less love for my dad if he if he blocked that potential opportunity. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm kidding, but like it would have. It oh, would have Papa, how me. dare you not let me go to this All Star game with this complete stranger? It would have scarred me, man. Like it's probably no coincidence I am where I am because I love. I always love going to sporting events. Like love, love, love. Like it was like my passion. But you know there there just wasn't an opportunity to get to a lot of them when I was a kid. And so yeah. now I've made a life just getting someone else to pay me to go to them. So I've really gamed the system one way or another here, but I was about know. to say, man, like I'm glad you're in the line of work that you're in right now. And you don't have to put yourself in a situation like what you went through 30 years ago, man. Now they don't even have physical tickets. The guy would have had to like transfer oh. his phone, like uh different, different age, man. Think you know what way it's going to go. Make your bet at Sports Interaction. When the puck drops, Sports Interaction has you covered pregame, live betting on all major sports, and on prop bets. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. <sighs> Different age indeed. <laughs> okay, let me let me get to let me get to stick taps. Okay. Uh do, do you want to give it retroactively to that man? Or, or what do you want to do? <laughs> I mean, that would be the nice thing to do, but I, I can't remember his name. And you know, wait, 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 time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. You mean after all that, you don't remember the guy's name? It was 30 years ago. But like that guy took it. What? How do you not know his name? I met him one day once and it was 30 yes, years but like, ago. But you said he was his pen pal. How do you not know his name? I Okay. If I dug in a box in my dad's basement, I guarantee you I have those letters from Yo, being his pen. So I could a first name. I, no, dude, I'm going to let you live 30 years first. <laughs> no. And then I'm going to let you live no. about 10 more. And I'm going to ask like what your memories are from when you were eight years old. Cause they get. Nah, no, 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 no. I'm also, no, no, I don't know no, if no, I've admitted no, no, this. No. I'm bad. I'm bad with names. Like names, names freak me out. I can remember faces. If I don't see, I can remember what city you work in or what paper or, or news outlet you work for, but names sometimes get me. I'm the same way too. I get it. I completely understand that like names like hurt. I think for a moment as distinct as that in your life to not remember who was generous enough to take you there, not even like a like a Uncle Jimmy or anything like that. Like that is that is beyond my wildest dreams. Like what? <laughs> How do you not know his name? I just forget the guy's name, but I do no, have that's crazy. Somewhere, that's somewhere crazy. in the basement. I could I could figure it out. I could that's crazy, yo. That's crazy. If I had more time, I could sleuth this. I could figure out where what became of him and all that stuff. But uh I'm probably if, not that. uh for those watching or listening to this uh podcast episode, if you happen to know the person, <laughs> no one's gonna know that. Nobody. What someone <laughs> might come out the woodwork and be like. Hey, um, so my dad took you to an all-star game 30 years ago. You don't know. These things have a powerful way of, of manifesting. You the know? world is shrinking. The world really is much smaller. Now I found my long-lost uncle on Facebook like years ago. 
Like that right. could happen. Yeah. Right. But like this, this, that's, that's a bridge too far. Um, expecting that. So should okay. I give my stick tap? Yes, please. Yes. Now I'm just going to do a hard pivot back to the serious hockey. And Dude. I'm going to give my stick tap to Jim Montgomery, coach of the Boston Bruins. Um, you know, kind of famously, infamously fired in his last job as a head coach in Dallas, had to go through treatment uh, for for alcohol addiction, um, you know, worked his way back to this spot. And I must say, I was among those who questioned the Bruins decision at the time to move on from Bruce Cassidy after last season, just because I think so highly of Bruce as a coach. But uh, they are by far the best team in the league. They won again on Thursday night. Uh, Jim Montgomery's done a fantastic job with the Bruins and he's going to go to the all-star game as the Atlantic division's head coach. And I think that that's a great story in and of itself, given the, you know, some of the personal demons that, that he's publicly had to to go through. And, and um, you know, I think it's, it's kind of a cool honor for him in particular to get back to this spot and to be among the best of his peers uh, midway through this season. Well said. Uh, for me, to be quite honest, I know we spoke about him earlier this week. I can't think of anyone bigger to give a stick tap to than DeMar Hamlin, the Bill safety uh, who seems to be, again, progressing uh, from the unfortunate incident that happened to him during Monday Night Football this week. Uh, I wasn't sure if you're going to add something there, but I'll just say this. Uh, after uh, it seems that like when he opened his eyes uh, in the hospital and uh, he's been able to write things down, he asked uh, if the Bills won that game on Monday against the Cincinnati Bengals and uh, the doctors wrote to him, you or at least told him, you won, you've won the game of life. And the fact that uh, DeMar Hamlin, who's had all this love poured out for him, the GoFundMe has risen to however many millions of dollars. Uh, I'm just happy that he's progressing and we still have him on this earth. It's just nice to see that um, even in an unfortunate accident, we've seen a lot of generosity and and kindness and and emotion, essentially. Uh, so I just I just have to show up for him and 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 just give my stick tap to Demar Hamlin. Elite athletes are built different, man. They certainly are. Next uh, Monday, finally, we'll be back to Monday and Thursday uh, as our uh, regular scheduled podcast drop times. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with a brand new episode of the CJ Show. Uh, ask CJ, get your questions in now. And uh, yeah, we'll be back on Monday. Siege, great episode as always. Sorry, Dad. The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want a bet? Inside the game, twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter at ReporterChris. And follow Jillian McKenzie at JK McKenzie. The Chris Johnston Show.